Well, today is a special day. Today we are going to install Caleb Ripple as an elder for this congregation. And so in your order of service, you'll see that we are at that point. And so myself, Roland Rao, and Gitana will oversee this installation and uh, we'll each have our own part there. I would like to ask uh, Roland to come at this time, and he has some remarks that he's going to share, and uh, each one of us will take a part in this installation. And uh, you are not spectators in this installation, but you will be charged as well and questioned as well, and uh, Gitana will do that later in the service. And so this is not just for the new elder that's going to be installed today. This is for the whole congregation. Because what we do today is for this congregation and for the greater body of Christ. Mr. Rao? for this opportunity to, for exhortation and encouragement to a new elder. <laughs> well, just a bit of a preface. Uh, not really used to doing this. Uh, I'm not an extemporaneous speaker. I can't talk ad infinitum or ad nauseum, as the case may be, like some politicians. <laughs> You're stuck with what you get this morning. <laughs> but this is a blessing for me to do this. Yeah. I usually don't say much, especially in a group, but I may still have opinions, just not express them. Only very rarely do I get in good conversation with someone. When I do prepare something, sometimes it all it, it's good when I do it, but then when I try to present it, it seems to fall apart, vaporize, seems out of place. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I kind of struggle with it. So uh, hope you don't mind if I read this. Otherwise, it would be very short. <laughs> uh, I have to read it. I don't have an iPhone, so I, this would probably look a little odd. And they wouldn't buy me a teleprompter either. So. <laughs> anyway, I don't have a great depth of knowledge to share the deeper meanings of Scripture. I can only give you my perspective. That's all I have. Just sharing the love of God may be more effective in helping and encouraging others. God has given us all different gifts. Maybe by sharing a bit of my life, I can get across the encouragement that I want to give you. That said, to the new elder and to all that have faithfully attended the classes for the last couple of years for the eldership meeting and to you, the congregation, the exhortation and encouragement found in 
1 Timothy, Titus, 1 Peter, give us the qualifications of an elder. They're all important and vital. We can't just pick and choose what we want and discard them. You know, they're all very important and they all, they all tie together and they're all useful to us, to our growth, to your growth. And I will quickly go through a bunch of these. There are a lot. An elder should have or should desire to be above reproach, blameless, have only one wife, self-control, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not lazy, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome or quick-tempered, not a lover of money, must manage his own household with dignity, his children in proper submission, not a recent convert or a novice. Man, this really seems to indicate maturity. Should be well thought of, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting, teaching correctly God's principles and good doctrine, demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, set the example in spiritual leaderships, be grounded in the word to exhort and give sound doctrine, speaking the truth. Don't get into foolish and contentious discussions or arguments. Yeah, that's counterproductive. Maintain good works. Feed the flock, spiritual and encouraging food. Help with needs. Oversight, not as a ruler or manager, but as being an example. Be vigilant in respecting your conduct. Be aware of the needs of others. That's quite a list, but with God's help, we can do that. Talk about needs. Again, this is my perspective because it seems like God has given me the ability to help people in, in different things where needed. Not say much, but, you know, go fix somebody's pump or something. That's <laughs> something like uh, I try to help where I need it and where I can according to my resources and skills to offer help, encouragement, and compliments. Now, even a compliment can go a long way. Yeah. Hey, guys. You may say, of course my wife uh, knows that I love her. And I appreciate everything she does. Well, when was the last time you told her? <laughs> I wish I could have done more of that when I still had the opportunity to do so. Know that you cannot help everyone every time. You know, they may not want to accept help or may not, or may really want to help, but uh, cannot bring themselves to admit that they need it. Or they may want something that is not appropriate for them. But don't be offended. Maybe someone else may be in a better position to do that for you. You know, work together as a team, work together for God's glory. And we, maybe we can minister to them. You know, we're all different in many ways, but God understands. All I can give you is my perspective, what God expects of me. Your perspective will be somewhat different of what God expects of you. And pray for wisdom and courage in your role as an elder. Now, on a personal note, in my position as an elder, 
I would have to ask you to forgive me for not being the leader that I should be. My shortcomings, failures have probably been apparent, you know, or else I'm a good actor. I don't know. Actually, I don't even feel qualified for this position. I'm just doing the best I can with God's help. Now, this is not being obsessive. It's just simple math. Is it five years, ten months? Ten days ago, my world came apart. Emotionally and physical health when I lost Nadine. I feel by the grace of God I'm still alive and still here because emotions have gone back and forth between the static and depression. Slowly I was able to start and rebuild and gain control, I think. I don't know. How am I doing? <laughs> then God started letting me realize some things and learn from them. Maybe I can see or use this insight to encourage others, I hope. Maybe God's given me something that I had never realized before that maybe I can share with those that are as the opportunity arises. So if I seem to be a doofus for the past few years, please forgive me. Still not there yet, but getting better. Now, you may see tragedy in other people's lives. Be sensitive to it. Yeah, We'll see it. We'll see the happiness and we'll see the tragedy. And I ask your Pastor Jeff, his involvement in the mental health care for families that experience a tragedy. You know, I've seen it for 20 years as a volunteer EMS worker for Williamson County. I've seen a lot. You have a great responsibility and great opportunity to show God's love and provision for those in need from simple compassion, friendship, and encouragement to perhaps major aid. Look at what situations and weather conditions are causing around this nation. Wonder what challenges are coming our way. Wonder what great joy and satisfaction of accomplishments will also be on the way to bless you. Okay, in conclusion, our God is an awesome God. He created the universe for me the wonders of his marvelous works. And we are trying to discover just what did he create and how does it all work? From the enormous, endless cosmic universe down to the smallest subatomic particles that make up everything that must obey God's laws on how precisely they act and interact to make up all matter and life as we know it. Can we even begin to comprehend the greatness of what God has done for us. How can we convey this excitement to others? God is in control of the universe and our lives, even though some would not agree to that. <laughs> is that a challenge? <laughs> Do you see the great opportunity you have to share God's greatness? So my spiel now is to give you hope inspiration, and pray for your wisdom and courage in your role as an elder. So how can we as elders, deacons, church members, be a stabilizing and calming, encouraging effect on those around us 
God's word. Thank you. Amen. We will, um, we will now, I'm going to give you some remarks about this service of installation. And then we're going to, um, after that, I'm going to charge Caleb. At that point, Caleb, I'll ask you to come forward. And then after I charge Caleb, Gitana is going to come. and He's going to charge the congregation. And after he charges the congregation, then Roland and Gitana and myself will lay hands on Caleb and we will pray for him. Um, and then we'll, we'll give, we will give him the right hand of fellowship as he has been installed as your new elder. So today we will install a new elder to serve Christ Fellowship Church and the body of Christ. I'm going to speak on eldership and the service of installation. The term elder, overseer, pastor, shepherd are all used interchangeably in the New Testament. Elders oversee the flock of God. They're called by God to pastor or shepherd his people. Elder describes the office God calls a man to fill. An overseer describes the function of that office. The elders of Christ Fellowship Church are called by God to oversee and shepherd this flock. That is their responsibility. The New Testament does not provide a specific blueprint for the process of appointing elders. It does reveal the major elements included in that process, and they are desire, qualification, selection, examination, installation, and prayer. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. This is the word of the Lord. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this, this service today. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for this time to install a new elder in Christ Fellowship Church. Lord, we say a new elder in Christ Fellowship Church, but this is your servant who has responded to your call. And he is, as all elders are, accountable to you. Father, we ask that you would bless this time today, that you would bless this service of installation, that you would honor us today here by pouring out that blessing and by, Lord, graciously giving us the things we ask for in prayer, that you would graciously give us your grace, your ability to carry out the things that we will be charged with today, both as elders 
and as the congregation. Father, we ask these things that your name would be glorified. We are your church. We are your people. We bear your name in this earth. Father, let, let us as bearers of your name, as carriers of your presence, let us bring glory and honor to your name. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Desire. The first matter to consider in appointing elders is the man's personal desire. His joyful willingness to shepherd the flock of God. The desire to be an elder is not self-promoting. It's not self-promotion if it is generated by the Holy Spirit. A man is appointed to the office of elder by other men, but it is God alone who calls the man to that office. We are not here today because men decided that Caleb would be a good candidate for eldership. We're here today because God has placed a call upon his life. And he is, and we are all to bear witness to that. 1 Timothy 3.1, Paul writes to Pastor Timothy, This is a faithful saying, if a man aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a good work. The man who has the desire to be an elder desires a good thing, the Bible says. Well before he is appointed, the man who desires to be an elder should be proving himself by leading, teaching, and bearing responsibility in the church. Those who aspire to the office of elder, or deacon for that matter, should be encouraged to serve in ways consistent with those callings, thus making their appointment more sure. Therefore, a man must know that his aspiration to the office of elder is a desire birthed in him by God. The man and so the congregation must know he is called by God to the office. His prior service to the church leading to his appointment will affirm that calling. Caleb has proven himself capable and willing in his desire to serve the church. Qualification. The man appointed to be elder must meet the moral and the spiritual qualifications laid out in Scripture. Those qualifications for elders are not subjective, but they're objective. We look at them in the scripture, we see what it says, and that's how we judge whether that man is qualified or not. It's not subjective. Those qualifications for elders are found in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7, and Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. Mr. Rao went through those qualifications one by one. We believe the candidate before you today, Caleb Ripple, meets those moral and spiritual qualifications. This is why he will stand before you today to be installed as your new elder. Selection and examination. Two other major elements when appointing and installing a new elder. The process of selection of elders that Christ Fellowship Church has undertaken, if you can believe this, began almost four years ago. We held our first meeting in December of 2018. 
And since that time, we have taken a group of men through a time of study and fellowship specific to biblical eldership. The purpose of that study, the purpose of those meetings was never to make any man an elder, for only the Lord may do that by the calling of His Holy Spirit. The purpose, though, was to strengthen the men of the church while preparing and equipping them to serve the church. The purpose of our time in study and regular fellowship over these years was to take men through a process of education and equipping that would help clarify God's call and make the selection and the examination process of potential elders more sure. That time of spiritual fellowship, prayer, and study will continue with any and all of the men of this church who wish to commit themselves to it. Caleb Ripple has freely come forth to express that he is called to be selected, examined, and appointed an elder of Christ Fellowship Church. I have no doubt there are other men who will receive God's call in God's time. That should give all of us great comfort and hope for the future of this congregation. Installation. The installation of a new elder in Christ Fellowship Church is what we are doing today. The New Testament provides little detailed instruction about the elder's public installation into office. The Old Testament gives no instruction concerning the public installation of elders, but it gives very detailed instructions concerning the ceremonial procedure for installing the Old Testament priests. New Testament elders, as well as deacons, are not anointed priests like Aaron and his sons. Elders are not appointed to a special priestly office or hold clerical or a holy clerical order. Instead, they are assuming offices of leadership and service among the Lord's people. Therefore, we must be careful not to sacralize or these offices and positions more than the writers of Scripture do. The New Testament never shrouds the installation of elders in mystery or sacred ritual. The appointment and the installation of elders is not a holy rite or a sacrament. Appointment does not confer special grace or empowerment, nor do those appointed become a priest, a cleric, or a holy man at the moment of their installation. The Reformation, which we just celebrated on October 31st, the day we call Reformation Day, the Reformation restored the biblical teaching of the priesthood of all believers, along with the office of elder to its proper place. Elders, pastors, or bishops are not a special class of men. They are ordinary men with an extraordinary calling. After today, Caleb Ripple will still put his trousers on one leg at a time, just like all other men. However, he will do so knowing he has been called to an extraordinary calling. Prayer. 
There is no more important element than prayer. This is true for the process of appointing elders as well as for the church as a whole and its leaders. Prayer should inform all that we do. The spiritual insight, guidance, and judgment needed in the church and in her elders cannot be overemphasized. The ministry of an elder and the ministry of the church cannot be met apart from prayer. And one of the most, if not the most, powerful things you can pray is the Word of God. We have taken our time in this process so that all could be soaked in prayer while working to practically equip men who could be potential candidates for eldership. This is not just about appointing men to fill offices in the church. This is about the long-term future and health of this local body, Christ Fellowship, and the general and greater church. And by His grace, what we do here today is for the long-term future and health of Christ Fellowship Church and all that the Lord has purposed for it. For that reason, we have sought to be patiently prayerful, thoughtful, and diligent in this process. The same will hold true for the elders that will be appointed in future times as the Lord wills. Desire, qualification, selection, examination, installation, and prayer. These are the major elements in the process of appointing and installing elders. The elder's responsibility. I could say much about the elder's responsibility, but time does not allow that. So suffice it to say that the elder has a serious responsibility to shepherd the flock of God. Acts 20, 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. The Lord purchased the church with his own blood. This requires that he who shepherds the flock of God take seriously his delegated responsibility. The elder is called to watch over and protect the flock from wolves and false teachers. He is called to feed and nurture and to courageously love and lead God's people. The elder's love for the people must be born out of the love of God. It is through divine love the elder works hard to lead and care for the flock. God has entrusted this responsibility for the flock into the hands of his shepherds. In that responsibility, the elder will give an account for his work of shepherding the flock of God. The congregation's responsibility. Yes, it's not just the elder that has a responsibility, but the congregation has a responsibility. You, the congregation, have a responsibility. The writer of Hebrews describes this responsibility, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, 
for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. God charges his people to obey and submit to those who rule over them, those who watch out for your souls, those who must give an account. And that's why the command is to appoint elders in all the cities. That's what Paul commanded Titus to do. The elders are to watch out for the souls of God's people, both in protecting them and nurturing them as they grow up in Christ in all things. The work of the elder is a work of love as he shepherds the flock of God. Christ gave pastors and teachers to the church for this work. The congregation is to respect and obey their elders as those elders are submitted to God and to the Scripture. And how will you know if your elders are submitted to God and to the Scripture unless you too are submitted to God and to the Scripture and you also know what the Scripture says? And this is why Paul said the Bereans were more noble than any of the other believers that he spoke to because the Bereans actually looked at, listened to what Paul said, and then went back to make sure that what he spoke to them was consistent with the Word of God. And part of your responsibility, like the Bereans, is to make sure that your elders are submitted to God and to the Scripture. That means you need to know what the Scriptures say. And it is the responsibility, the duty of the elder to bring the Scripture to bear in the church. The congregation also has a responsibility to pray for the elders, to love them, to support them spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Scripture gives us the reason for the command to obey those who rule over you. It is so that those who rule and watch over your soul may do so with joy and not grief. It's also that you, the congregation, would profit. This is the grace of the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. The elders who are among you, I exhort. I, who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not Fade away. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is time to charge the elder that will be installed today. Caleb, would you come forward? I want to read 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Paul writes to Timothy, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their eyes, their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Caleb Paul Ripple. Do you commit yourself to this new trust and responsibility and the confidence that it comes from God through the call of the church? I do, and I ask God to help me. Do you believe the Bible, the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments, to be the inerrant Word of God, fully authoritative, and the only infallible rule of faith and practice and do you promise to be diligent in your study of the Holy Scriptures and in your use of the means of grace? I do, and I ask God to help me. Do you sincerely receive and adopt the doctrinal state standards of this church as essentially continuing the system of doctrine taught in the Holy Scriptures? And do you promise that if at any time you find yourself out of accord with any of the fundamentals of this system of doctrine, you will, on your initiative, make known to your session the change which has taken place in your views since the assumption of this installation. I do, and I ask God to help me. Do you, as a fellow minister of this church and as a member of the session of elders, Commit yourself to the duties of oversight, care, protection, and provision of this flock, knowing that our Lord has commanded that we feed and tend the sheep. I do, and I ask God to help me. Do you promise to love, serve, and pray for God's people, nourish them with the word and sacraments, and lead them by the pattern of your own life, and that your family, and that of your family, in holy living and faithful service. I do, and I ask God to help me. Do you commit to persevere in prayer, both in public and in private, asking God's grace, both for yourself and for others, offering all your labors to God through the mediation of Jesus Christ and in the sanctification of the Holy Spirit? I do. Do you accept the office of minister in this church and promise to faithfully perform all the duties thereof and to endeavor by the grace of God to adorn the profession of the gospel in your life and to set a worthy example before the church of which God has made you an overseer? I do, and I ask God to help me. May our Lord who has given you the will to do these things, graciously give you the strength and compassion 
to perform the same in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, I would invite Gitana to come, and he will charge and question the congregation. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here, and uh, I want to say first something. Thank you, Andre, and the family, and the church for sending Pastor Jack to come with us to Ethiopia and to minister there. This morning also, somebody called me from there asking me to ask you if you are coming back again. <laughs> <coughs> Praise God. It's really my bless. it's a great blessing and also my privilege to be here and to do this. Uh, I know Caleb when he is the age of his first child. Mm. That is the time we met. And mm. also Spencer, just he is like his son. And all of them are very young. Anyway, it's really, really my joy to see this. They are growing and serving God. Praise God. And now I'm going to ask you. I want to read the word of God first. Thank you, Lord. First Thessalonians 5, 12 to 13. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish, admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their workers' sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Do you receive Pastor Caleb Paul Ripple as a messenger of Jesus Christ sent to serve all, all people with gospel of hope and salvation? And do you promise to receive the word of truth from his mouth with meekness and love? We do, and we ask God to help us. Amen. <clears throat> do you promise to assist him in his labors for your instruction and spiritual edification to pray for him and honor him for his work's sake, sake, sake and in all things, Strive to live together in the peace and unity of Christ. We do, and we ask God to help us. Will you yield him all that honor, encouragement, and uh, obedience in the Lord to which his office, according to the word of God, entitles him? We do. Do you promise to <clears throat> mention him and his family with whatever you may see needful for the honor of his office and for his comfort among you? We do, and we ask God to help us. Praise God. And from today onward, Pastor Caleb 
Paul Rappel is your pastor. Amen. Amen. Okay, now we call him, and if your wife also come with you, that's good. Yeah. In fact, the whole family. Yeah, if the whole family come. come also, yeah. They are taking the responsibility mm -hmm. together. So at this time, we're going to uh, lay hands on Caleb, and I'm going to first ask Yatana, uh, as we lay hands on him, to pray for you, the congregation. And as we lay hands on him, Roland is going to pray for Caleb and his family, and then I will pray for the manifestation of Christ's victory in his ministry. Okay, let us pray. Don't you turn in, in yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> Almighty God, we thank you for this day and we glorify you. Abba, I am praying for this congregation, for your people, for your children, to receive this man as their pastor, as their leader, as their Counselor, Abba, help him, help them, and make them a friend to him, Lord. And let your love shower over them. Have your way in their life. Have your way in his life and in his family yes, life. Yeah. Father, let your will be done. Let your gospel to be preached. Let others come and see your salvation in this place. Help this congregation to be your witness. You said you are my witness. This congregation is your witness. Thank you, Father. Abba, have your way in their life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity pray and bless this family. Caleb, may God grant you the wisdom and courage and strength and resources to accomplish the duties and opportunities as elder to this church and no doubt to this community. EJ, the awesome office of wife, mother, teacher, May God grant you the wisdom and courage and joy in the nurturing and maturing of all the children you have charge of. Children, the ecstatic voices of the multitudes. Thank you. May God grant you understanding in learning God's principles as you grow up. Soon you will be young adults and perhaps involved in the leading and guiding of others in godly principles that you have learned from your parents and in this church. May the Lord protect you and keep you. Congregation, keep Caleb and his family in your prayers for his guidance, protections, and blessings. Amen. Thank you. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this man. Father, I thank you that the calling of elder, the calling of pastor is not from men, but it is from God. And Lord, I pray that you would 
give Caleb not only that assurance, but he would feel the weight of that, not, not in a heavy, burdensome way, but in a way that would cause him to walk in your ways, walk trusting you, not leaning on his own understanding, but acknowledging you in all of his ways, trusting that you, that you order the steps of the righteous. Father, as the rain comes down from heaven and the snow and does not return, but waters the earth and brings forth the seed and causes it to bud, Lord, let the word of God spoken from the mouth of this man also go forth and not return void. Father, we do not walk in our own strength. We do not walk in our own power. We walk in the flesh, but we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare, the weapons of this man are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, for the casting down of imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And Father, I pray that you would give this man the assurance that he has the power given to him by the Holy Spirit to bring every thought into captivity, to arrest it, and to make it obey Christ. Father, I pray that you would give him the assurance that he walks in the authority that has been delegated to him by Jesus Christ. And when he speaks the word of God, when he speaks from his office as elder, Lord, he speaks as the oracle of God. I pray, Lord, that you would put a passion in, a passion in him even greater than he has already for your word and for your spirit to walk in your ways and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. But, Father, that you would grant him the victory that you promised your church. Father, we declare that victory today. Lord Jesus, you said the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. This is a servant in your church. This is an elder called by you, Lord, to serve your flock, to serve your people, to serve your church. We pray, Father, in heaven that you would grant victory to this man and to his ministry for the sake of your name and for the sake of your glory, world without end, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, we charge him to you and we give it to you. It's up to you to keep him, to help him, and to receive him. Hear your pastor, Caleb, reference. All right, I've got one final charge for you. Pastor Caleb Ripple, Pastor Caleb Paul Ripple, you have been called to serve among us as a fellow minister of the Word and Sacrament. This is a high calling and cannot be pursued or practiced apart from the provision and power of the Holy Spirit. As a servant of the Lord, may you be found to be a good and faithful servant. And may our Lord bless you and prosper your labors in accordance with his love for his bride.
Christ Fellowship Church, we present to you your new elder, Pastor Caleb Paul Ripple. Pastor Caleb, I turn the service over to you. All right, the sermon, you may be seated. The sermon today, I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> I, um, before we come to the table and um, we sing, um, no, we're going to come to the table now. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, fire appeared on their heads. Just like the fire from the altar in the tabernacle and the temple, this was God's fire. But now, instead of burning up these sacrifices in that upper room, it burned in them. These sacrifices were touched with God's fire, yet they lived. They lived because the crucified Lamb of God now lives. No more dead sacrifices. We are mercifully invited to this altar table as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And we come to this altar each week broken to die because of the blood of Jesus, the once for all sacrifice. We yet live. Luke 9, 23 and 24. And Jesus said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever will save his life shall lose it. But whoever, whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. At this altar, the Lamb is not only given for us, He is given to us. So come and welcome to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Please stand and receive your charge. 1 Timothy 6, 11b and through verse 14 says this, Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, Love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Jesus Christ, who, is, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. You just heard it a moment ago in Acts 20, verse 28, as Paul was preparing to go to his death in Jerusalem. At the last, the thing that he took care to say to those elders on that shore was, take heed to yourself and to the flock. The qualifications for an elder are not a one-time qualification. They are ongoing. As an elder, I must pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. I must fight the good fight 
or I must step aside. My family and I have been weighed and I have been found qualified to occupy the office of overseer of this congregation. This does not mean that I am automatically qualified in perpetuity forevermore. Does not mean that. By the grace that God our Father supplies, I must wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience so as not to make a shipwreck of my faith or of your faith. And whatever your calling is today, you must do the same. As an elder, my allegiance and submission must not be first to my fellow elders or to you, this congregation. It must be first to my Lord Jesus Christ, same as yours. He is the only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so I charge you, whatever your calling is today, whether housewife or police officer or politician or carpenter, you must do the same. Your allegiance must be first to your Lord and King, Jesus Christ. First, not this body of elders, not the people around you, not your husband, not your wife, all of those in good order but first to your Lord Jesus Christ. So I charge you to keep the faith and ensure that your allegiances are ordered rightly. I charge you to be diligent and cheerful in submitting to authority as you are called and to never, never bow to any authority who has departed from God's righteous standard. It would be a dereliction of your duty and mine. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord be with you. you. Amen.